from the world of Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount Plus. Yes! On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? <laughs> Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount+. Plus. Good evening. Welcome into the Illini Choir Podcast. I'm Jeremy Warner, back at Illinois. Derek Piper is live in Piscataway. And Derek, I've kind of referred to the rack as kind of like Mordor. One to simply not go into the rack and get a dominant victory. But the Illini just did 76-58. Outside of you know a tough end of the end of the first half, this was dominant really from start to finish. For Illinois, 76-58. Terrence Chan, 23 points. Marcus Damask, 15 points. I haven't been to the trapezoid of death yet. You have been to the rack several times. Jersey Mike's Arena. Uh, I don't know if Tommy DeVito was in attendance and, and bringing his power uh, to Jersey power to the Illini there. But what a performance by Illinois in, in a tough place usually for them to win. Yeah, I was hoping to see Tommy DeVito. You got a bye week for him. I thought maybe the like a line eye zip up and the TD chain coming out, but uh, I did not catch him in attendance. Uh, he did have a, a smattering of Illini uh, faithful. The the Rutgers student section was not happy with some of the ILL I and I chance late, so uh, there was a little bit of a of a turnout there. But uh, yeah, ultimately we were talking about before hopping on here. This place, number one, I think it's top five in the Big Ten in terms of just being as, as tough to come in and win, and, and then just it's so loud. It's not as big as some of, of many of the other arenas in the Big Ten, but it, it just there's a lot of energy in here. Just the way it's built, it, it, it can contain the sound, and, and the student section brings it. So uh, they were willing, even though Illinois jumped on them early, which I credit them because they've had some slow starts, obviously, uh, dating back to last season, or, or some would say it's been going on for, de- for a decade plus. Uh, but, you know, this crowd just kept trying to will it into the existence of, of it being a game. And you, you'd see a little spurt there, then only respond. Well, they finally broke it to, to five at half, but uh, stepping back on their throats in the second half, Terrence Shannon being as great as he was, uh, Coleman defensively uh, to be plus 25 in the plus minus, uh, Marcus Damas, what a bounce back. You needed yeah. that for sure. So, uh, I was I was combing through the stats. It's been since Steve Peichel's second year at Rutgers since they've gotten beat that bad on their home floor in a Big Ten game. So uh, that says a lot. I mean, just look around college basketball too. Uh, these these road teams, you know, Marquette falling at Wisconsin and obviously Purdue last night against Northwestern. On down the line, like Tennessee, what they how they looked on the road against North Carolina. So uh, it's really tough to win on the road, and, and this is one of the toughest in the Big Ten. And Illinois went in there and they dominated for the most part. Derek, you asked Brad Underwood, I just listened to the press conference, uh, two questions I think are, are very top of mind. So I want to get on those here in a second. But I want to first start on two qualities about Illinois. I think they're elite defensively. I think they can be. I, I think that is where they are going to win games most of the time. They held Rutgers to 33% shooting, but most impressively it was 28% from two. 
they were under 50% ruckers at the rim uh, in, in this game. And, and Coleman Hawkins had a ton to do with that on Cliff Omarui, uh, who is not very good today. Uh, seven points on three of 10 shooting for the all Big Ten big man. But this defense can bring it. But they dominated the glass against a Rutgers team that we know their identity is toughness and physicality. Illinois, from the start, was assertive. They were tough. They were physical. I thought Gary A. and um, Hawkins really asserted themselves early. And then Terrence Shannon, from the start, that guy was like, I'm the best player on the court. We're going to win this game. This, I think he said to you guys, this is a business trip. I'm going here to win games. Uh, he looked like the go-to guy there. But just across the board, Illinois looked bigger, physically dominant, and they asserted themselves. This looked like a team that was confident and thought they could bully Rutgers, which is not easy to do. No doubt. Yeah, it was really outside of that, trying to handle the 2-2-1 full-court press at Illinois. I mean, that's really the only slip-up for the most part on the entire day. I mean, like you said, getting off to that fast start, I think it was 11-2. Gary, I think maybe had seven within the first five to seven minutes there. And uh, second chance points was big. And, and looking – at the statistics, I, I wrote it in the in the three keys in the pick that uh, Rutgers really the only blemish on their defensive resume was how much they were giving up on the defensive glass. They're letting opponents get 31% of their misses back. Uh, St. Peter's, you know, they built a, a, a brick city with, with what they did uh, on Monday. They shot 13 for 55 or something crazy like that, but they had 22 offensive rebounds. Princeton had 15, the season opener, and beating Rutgers. So there was an opportunity to do that. I thought there was an opportunity for Illinois to really get after on the offensive glass against Marquette, but mm -hmm. they didn't play out that way. They didn't have that punch. They didn't have that that impact. So uh, Brad had, as he mentioned in the presser, like was on this team and displeased with this team with their second chance production early in the season tonight. Uh, they obviously were able to impose that early. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, Terrence, I don't want to, you got to see if more and more of a sample size, another big test, you know, going up against, John L. Davis, Elijah Martin uh, on on Tuesday in FAU, but the consistency right now. I mean, he's playing like a like an Ayo Desumu type type of guy, like like an All American type of guy. Uh, and I know Brad's said and he said, you know, he's my probably the best two way player in the country, which is obviously uh, speaking very 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 highly. But uh, I just think there's another level of him this year, and uh, I think he's very comfortable, kind of in that alpha alpha role, as far as I can tell. Uh, I think embracing that defensive side of it is, a, is another uh, part of evolving. And, and I think he's making some good decisions with the ball, too. I think his passing uh, has been pretty good. And uh, he did have five turnovers in the game. But, um, you know, being able to, to make some timely buckets, like that three that he – those pull-up threes can just be killers for momentum. And, and just uh, as a team is trying to come back like Rutgers was, for him just to – hit that. I mean, you, you can't stop him at that point because we obviously know he's a freight train downhill. So, uh, he, he looks like a dude. I know people are saying it. looks like a dude that should be in the NBA. And Illinois is lucky enough to have <laughs> right. him for a year, too, which they, when they went out and recruited him, they had no expectation that they were going to get that out of him. This is what I love about the NIL, NIL era, is a guy like that can come back, make money, um, and he should get more money after today, like after what he did. Uh, the turnovers, he had three in the final eight minutes, so I'm not as concerned about that. Uh, the, they got kind of sloppy after they got that big lead. But you just see, we saw flashes of all of these things, right? The defense, the rebounding at times. Uh, we see the crossover three when he's one-on-one. -on -one. We know he can, 
he's a different guy in transition than Io DeSumo, but he's equally effective, right? Um, Io is kind of a dancer and just so smooth and and gliding. Terrence is just a a bull, uh, a freight train, if you want to call him that. But now all those things are coming together. He's improved himself. Brad said, you asked him the question. It's one of the things I want to hit on. He didn't rest on his laurels. He got better. And you're seeing it all come. But the biggest thing, what did we talk about all of last year, Derek? You need him to be assertive. And he has been assertive every game for the most part. He's acting like the best player on the, on the court. He's acting like he knows he's the dude, like he's the leader of this team. And uh, that's dangerous. And when you have that, Derek, it's why I think this team can compete at the top of the Big Ten and why I think this team will easily be an NCAA tournament team because almost every night, except when they play Purdue, they have the best player on the court. Like, he's just – he's that good. Like, we can start talking I, – I know last year he got off to a good start with some big games – I'm just seeing consistency and assertiveness that we didn't see last year, which is really encouraging. No doubt. Yeah, and it, there is a lot of value, I think, into having stepped into that that primary role because even though he was older when he finally did it, like for Io to get that, you know, maybe as a – obviously freshman into his sophomore year and then there was the, the maturation process. Terrence was a complimentary player at Texas Tech, obviously a good run-and-jump athlete and, and, and someone that was a slasher and developed into a – spot-up shooter but last year um and it shouldn't come as a surprise that there was a consistency in there and i i think you could also wonder you know the supporting cast around him you know maybe light made life hard on him at times but um now he knows that role he knows it well he knows how defenses are going to focus on him and he just he's just handling it very maturely and, and yeah he's worked on his game he's he looks like a guy that you know deserved to be a borderline two-way early second round type of guy and, and now he's back and, and he's I think and if he keeps playing like this it's going to be it's going to be an obvious that he's only raising his stock even more so uh, yeah I agree with you uh, he should be you know he's, he's on the fast track to maybe the second best player in in the Big Ten and and that's a huge huge value so uh, I love the consistency I love the assertiveness I love how much he's buying in defensively I, I love everything about what you're getting out of Terrence and I mean he had 10 rebounds tonight that's the dude that's just bought in all the way around and um, that's big time yeah uh, Marcus Damascus asked Brad about didn't look good against these little major opponents boy he shows up against the best opponents he had 11 against Kansas looked good doing it it was really uh, instrumental in getting other people buckets at 18 against Marquette and then tonight 15 points uh, seven rebounds I, I thought he looked really good as a secondary scorer Derek secondary ball handler getting to the rim really used his size advantage whether it was length against the smaller guards or um, just size over guys like Griffiths who's just a freshman string bean right now like he, he was really smart with attacking the ball, and he was great at the beginning of the second half especially. Absolutely. Yeah, and I, I don't think it maybe was necessarily him overlooking Western and Southern. I, he just maybe had off nights. I don't know what went into that. He did not play well in, in a handful of those games post-Marquette. But, yeah, I mean, I'll definitely take a guy that's up for these moments versus one that, you know, might back down and, and just be kind of a uh, a slayer of those those low and mid-majors and, and, and not bring it in, in a – in a bright light type of game. I I liked that, you know, he, he's just, he's got great composure. I, I'll i keep going back to it. When he's in that mid post area, he looks like he's in the, in the driveway. I, I just think you, you can't speed him up. He, he's so smooth. I, I use they, this comp, Derek, like he's not going to be this player, but he's like the Illini's DeRozan, right? Like yeah. the, the way he can just get those buckets. He's crafty, mid-range. He's really good at it. Sorry. No, yeah, it's a guy that, you know, is, is – He's going to kind of do it with an old man's game uh, in that sense. And uh, 
uh, not to be the most um, twitchy or explosive athlete, but just be able to, to make those shots. I, I thought Illinois hunted out those opportunities pretty well. Like they got a sense of when he had size advantage and, and kind of isolating that spot uh, of throwing it in there. And uh, I think he also, yeah, I know Michael Tulip in some of his early uh, film breakdown was like, you know, Marcus might come off a ball screen and, and take two dribbles and stop. Well, you know, he, he took a couple of actually all the way to the rim uh, this time, was a little bit more aggressive with that. And uh, I know Terrence told us afterwards, you know, he's been getting on Marcus for being a little too passive and, and not being uh, that dude. I mean, he people are, you know, he could be the second best, definitely the second best offensive player on, on this team. He's not the, the second best overall player, but obviously I don't want to take away from what Coleman did uh, on the defensive end. But yeah, that, this was the type of Marcus that Illinois needed and, and they will need going forward against FAU and Tennessee. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you have sports mixed with your pop culture, along with humor and celebrity interviews, your earbuds are enjoying the Rich Eisen Show. Dan Orlovsky, are you still a Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy? I think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one, I think his ball placement for his man coverage is the best in the draft. Every quarterback in the NFL is accurate. He's got the best on tape. Number two, most transferable stuff to the NFL. And then I think the third thing is pocket peace. Search for the Rich Eisen Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Let me ask you about Coleman. There, I know there's still some frustrating things that fans w- want to pick about. Three of nine shooting wasn't great tonight. Um, but, boy, if you take Cliff Omarui out of a game, there, there's so much value there. And when he got in foul trouble, that's when Illinois started to struggle a little bit. Um, and he's just a connector offensively. He's a game high or a team high plus 25 in 26 minutes. I don't think he came off the court in the second half. Uh, he was – he was so impactful. You, you just you're kind of reminded again, Derek, of why he's so important. Yeah, I mean he's just really active defensively. I mean he, he's able to make anticipation plays, deflections, uh, and then did a good job where Cliffs probably got him by ten to fifteen pounds, I would imagine, but not getting uh, bullied underneath the basket, and, and that that's obviously a testament to him. I, I think the way that you obviously defend Cliff at this point. I mean, he's still not the most polished uh, and at times can be look kind of rough in, in terms of some yeah. back to the basket, extend him out, uh, you know, out just outside the paint or, you know, five feet and out, those hook shots and whatnot. Uh, but Illinois forced him to not get deep catches and then Coleman with his length to be able to challenge and, and, and make him take those, those forced, you know, right hooks and whatnot and just not get into a rhythm at all. So, uh, and limiting what he did as far as just those those catching and dunk plays, which he's he, he is explosive and athletic in, in those uh, circumstances. So uh, he was fighting it tonight. Cliff, you know, I, I was worried about it because at halftime you're only up five and Cliff has done nothing. So I was like, oh, boy, is this going to be a, a stat you point back to and say, well, then they let him get going and that was the difference in the game. But um, obviously Coleman uh, deserves a lot of credit for him not – getting into that rhythm and, and yeah offensively you know I didn't expect a super pretty game for him when he's missed two weeks uh, of game time and um, 
you know, I'll take eight rebounds and whatnot. But uh, I, I do think that we'll come back to um, his ability to, to knock down shots and be willing to shoot is, is going to be kind of a, another another layer, another layer, another level for this, this uh, offense. I know that some people are get, getting. And I I understand too. We were kind of talk about it on the press row. He he complains a lot. Let, let's be honest. Like he, he he's kind of got Curbelo like into you know he never thinks he's foul. He fouls. He thinks he's fouled a lot, and he's emotional. And, and look, that's that's Coleman being Coleman to an extent. But uh, he's a valuable piece, obviously. And, uh, definitely defensively. He's an impact piece that just doesn't always show up in, in the box score. But, yes, he's he's got those frustrating ups and downs uh, that go with it. But uh, he, Dane played eight minutes for a reason tonight. It's because yeah. Coleman Hawkins is, is just so much – you're so much better with Coleman on the court, just his versatility he gives and the defense that he gives. But the supporting cast, Eric, I do want to mention that before we get into – one thing we can definitely nitpick and, and worry about. Uh, Justin Harmon, seven points off the bench in 20 minutes. Gave some good d- defense. Uh, Ty Rogers, we'll get into his struggles breaking the press, but I thought once he got in the half court, he created for his teammates, three assists. Um, didn't have a turnover in the second half. Defensively, man, he is so tough on guards. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if Pykele brought it up, but every coach brings it up of how tough Ty Rogers is as a defender when you have all these other guys. And then Quincy Garrier continues to play really well. 7.6 boards, didn't play a ton. Uh, in the second half there, but uh, Luke Goody, nine points, like just continues to do it, continues to make multiple threes per game at a 40-plus percent clip, and then this team offensively, Derek, I thought this was a really encouraging performance that you had all those turnovers, yes, but when you got in the half court, you were breaking down the defense and taking good threes. 21 threes, they're all pretty good threes. Like, Shannon's the only one kind of creating on his own, and he, he can do that, right? Like, everybody else the team looked connected tonight in that. No, yeah, that's a great point. You know, it would be easy going against one of the best at-the-rim defenses and, and just all the the metrics that, sh- that showed Rutgers is one of the best to this point. To this point, they hadn't played uh, a ton of great competition, but to this point, one of the best defenses out there that maybe as they cut off driving lanes, as they kind of speed you up, that you, you get caught and you're just chucking from the outside. But, yeah, to take 21 and make nine of them to shoot 43% from three, um, Luke is still a guy that uh, you feel very comfortable and confident with him taking those shots, Terrence. Uh, and then some other guys, uh, you know, you're, you're waiting for with Quincy. You know, he only took one. I actually liked that some of, some of those opportunities on the, on the uh, corner, he pump fakes and drives it. Uh, he makes one early. Damas makes one. Harmon makes one. I thought that was a – I loved that possession that Harmon makes the three. Uh, I think they used Goody as the screener on Shannon. Uh, that way, you know, if you're if you're screening with the five, then maybe a Mori gets caught up. He he hard hedges every ball screen, so then he's he's in Shannon's way. Uh, you use Goody because if you, if you leave him to help on Shannon, then Goody's for three. Um, I, I think that's just a new wrinkle um, because as Shannon's going downhill, Rogers cuts the baseline. That's off ball movement. Hey, you can do that, uh, and then you hit him, and then he he connects that pass to to Harmon or. Rogers connects that pass to Harmon back on the on the perimeter. He knocks on that three. So yeah, Derek, you uh, notice this stuff better than me. Brad said they added some stuff. Um, they they ran a play for Goody uh, that that got him yeah. an open three and made like they they were running good stuff. So so credit to the staff, credit the players for for executing that too. Yeah, you can see some some different wrinkles out there. I like that. I like that they were um, you know hunting out some matchups. I think there were times where they were they were using. The screener for Shannon was a, a, a guy that they wanted to hunt out. Like uh, Gavin Griffiths was out there, and, and maybe sometimes who he was guarding because they didn't 
they didn't worry about him getting in front of Terrence, and they they kind of wanted to go away from you know using Cliff's man to screen because then obviously then Cliff's just you know botching up your your downhill stuff with Terrence, and and yeah, getting some mid post ISOs and, and being able to to recognize that kind of stuff, and uh, yeah, also with with Luke as well. So uh, I thought that was a step in the right direction for sure. And uh, at one point, your transfers, at one point in the first half, I was going to tweet it, your transfers were outscoring Rutgers. I think it was like 19 to 18. Because uh, I think you got seven early from both Gary A and Damask, and then uh, Harmon sprinkled in five uh, of his own. So uh, that was great. I mean, that that's the kind of stuff you want. And, and one last note, I, I just love how how low maintenance Justin Harmon seems to be. I, I don't I don't get a sense that he – All of them. All, all of yeah, these transfers, true. like these are Brad guys. Like these are – and like the point guard is a huge issue. We'll dive into it. But I, I don't worry about any of these guys. Like the team chemistry looks pretty dang good, right? Like the vibes are better now. I know they just won a big game. They, they lost to Marquette. But um, I do – I don't think this team's going to be up and down as much. I think Brad's going to love that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I, I think that yeah, on the note of Harmon, like he goes in the NIT and puts up – 18, 19 a game, he could easily construct his mind to say, you know, I got I, I could be a number one guy somewhere. I, I need to be getting up, you know, eight to 10 clips uh, a game wherever I go next. And I, I don't think that he, he doesn't show any kind of indication that his mindset or his effort, number one, is geared towards how many shots he's going to get or that it changes based on opportunity. And then number two, he's just very, very hungry to go hunt down loose balls and make effort plays. And uh, I, I did like that he was – aggressive around the rim you know he was allowed to he was able to cut baseline and, and have a couple of reverse finishes that hits the three as well uh, but yeah I think it's a great point on on Quincy too um, getting that rebounding motor up and and then Marcus Damas I just think he, he loves to play the game the right way and not a not a guy that you know they, they they're having to urge him to be more aggressive not yeah. to say hey you're taking some selfish shots yeah that, that's that's probably better at this point uh, when, when you have a Terrence Shannon on the team um all right, Derek, two concerns. Illinois fouled a lot in the first half. 12 fouls in the first half. That led to Rucker shooting 13, I believe, first half free throws. Kind of kept him in the game there a little bit. Um, any concern with that, or was that just a tight whistle for Illinois? There were a couple cheapies, like, that they can avoid. I, you know, I think Coleman got caught hooking a guy that, you know, it's just one of those don't, re- you know, don't reach your arm in there and understand that it, it, even, what's, the, what's the best thing that can really happen here. Um, number two, it was a reminder that while it's the, the high-profile crew or one of them in the Big Ten, they're not very good. Courtney Green's <laughs> terrible, man. Like, how did he give Terrence Shannon that continuation uh, for oh. the end one and some uh, a number of other huge calls, bucket, right? huge bucket? But thanks, it, Courtney. It was Green, a big man. bucket, and I'm not just saying that he was obviously gearing towards Illinois. Was, was this the A team in the Big Ten? Paul Zelk, DJ I mean, Carsonson, and Courtney Green, if not the A team, yeah. It's up there. Like, they're one of the top crews. Like, everyone wants to make fun of Bo Borowski and Ted Valentine until they run them out of the league. And I'm like, those guys at least control Like, the coaches love those guys. Like, yeah. because they would communicate, number one. Uh, and, and number two, like, they would just talk with them and they control a game. Right? They would be able to control it. never got out of hand. Some of these other guys, it's just insane. Um, so, I, I understand. Kelly Pfeiffer wasn't here to tee somebody up because we know that he'd be looking to. That's right. Um, who's the gross whisperer? What's his name? Uh, oh, yeah. Short guy, buff up. Oh, I can't remember his name. Serato? Serato, yeah. 
the sheriff from Florida got yeah. fired out of the show. Brian Dorsey's the one that tossed Underwood in that Ohio State game. So that was fantastic. That was a fantastic injection. Well. Uh, the bigger concern here is the turnovers. Uh, Ten turnovers in the first half, seventeen for the game. Rutgers had eighteen points off turnovers. They couldn't handle a press. Derek, it looked. Like Domask and, of course, Ty Rogers were very uncomfortable with it. When at times it's, it's like just just dribble, like just dri- dribble it up. You got the opportunity. They just try to pass out of it a lot. So other teams are going to continue to do that, uh, and it's going to continue to be an Illini weakness. They did get a couple easy buckets out of it, but um, it's certainly a concern when you when you don't have a guy who's done it at this high of a level. You hope Ty Rogers and Marcus Damask get a little better at it. You don't want to have to have Terrence Shannon be the one break the press and expend more energy. But uh, they got to get better at that. You don't have a pure, proven point guard. Yeah. So that that obviously showed. Ty is not that guy. I mean, I, I like, obviously, some of the stuff that he's doing. Um, and there, there are times where balls in his hands. He's, he's making some, some good plays. I thought tonight he just obviously, you know, right off the bat turns it over, first possession up against the 2-2-1. And uh, even in the half court, you know, maybe forced to pass or two. I think Illinois just has a tendency still to get sloppy with some of their passing and, uh, you know, there, there's some things that they can obviously learn. I, I think there are times where it's it's quick hitting, passing with it against the press versus, you know, dribble, hesitates, see how they react. And you, you kind of maybe just disrupt your momentum and, and all of a sudden are, are playing clunky in that and you get called for a couple of 10-second violations too. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be an ongoing thing of of them against some, some really good ball pressure. Uh, now I, I credit them to, to have as productive of a night offensively as they did against, you know, I think uh, uh, Fernandes is, is a really pesky on-ball defender uh, mm-hmm. for, for Rutgers. And like I said, they, you know, they've turned people over. But that, that's still – there's some sloppy stretches. And, and that's what allowed – you know, you were up 16 and then Rutgers is back within five. And that that, that was really a, a, a big product of you just turning the ball over and – and not being able to sustain uh, what you were doing, and it's 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 frustrating. It's frustrating that you don't have that 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 calmer that that calming presence. Yeah, I, th- I thought Marcus at times did it, but then he also got caught up in the in the turnover bug as well. But yeah, when you broke the press, kind of got a numbers advantage. And Terrence going to to the basket's a, a nice option. But yeah, Griffiths wanted no part of that, and I, I don't blame him. Uh, <laughs> I, <wouldn't either. laughs> I do not There's blame. A decision. Him. Um, you know, he's a really talented freshman. He's got a long career ahead of him. Uh, I didn't notice until now Cliff Omarie had eight blocks. He also had five turnovers, but eight blocks for Cliff Omarie tonight. Kind of insane. Um, it's going to be their weakness. It's it's their flaw. It's the, potentially their fatal flaw. But um, you just don't want to have to put it on Terrence Shannon. Like maybe at the end of games you do. You just don't want to have to put it on him because he can do it. But we saw at times last year when he had to do it, it didn't go very well. So it's just you don't want to put even more responsibility and, and weight on him to do it, though. I, I think he's capable. You really need Ty Rogers and Marcus Damask and those guys to get better. Maybe Coleman Hawkins is, is the option there at some point. But uh, that's why that's why we've worried so much about that position, Derek, because they feel like they're a point guard away from being a really damn good team. I mean, if people probably don't want to rehash it, but it, but if you had uh, Ray J. Dennis, what he's doing at Baylor, I mean, I think you're a legit Final Four contender. I agree. Um, it's it's the the easy missing piece. Uh, now we'll maybe see. you can San Diego State this thing to a Final Four or Elite Eight or Sweet yeah. Six or whatever it is. Like, you can do it because this team is capable of it. But man, if you had that other piece, you have a lot more options. 
Right, right. And I, I think I'll still wonder, and we might see it on Tuesday, you know, I think crunch time, especially crunch time, I think point guard play, obviously against Marquette was something that was, was just a stark contrast. And I think Illinois was not composed and, and was not able to get into their stuff and make good decisions on the ball. And if, you know, Tennessee's a defense that maybe can do a better job of, you know, not that Rutgers isn't pretty good, but you know, making life tough on Shannon. And then uh, can somebody else get in the lane off the dribble and, and really be that. But uh, we, we saw, I mean, I don't mean to make, you know, uh, too many IO uh, name drops in here, but there, there were not many teams that keep, could keep IO out of the lane. And I think, like you said, they're, they're different players, but Shannon is, is, is tough right now off the dribble to, to, keep him from going where he wants to can you imagine trying to guard him right now Derek because once you try you're so concerned with that drive to the basket and then he just pulls up that three and he hits 50 percent of them right now like that's not going to last the entire season he's going to have to force right. some tough ones but if he's shooting 30 he's probably gonna shoot 35 plus percent over the season I'm seeing like that's pick your poison I don't know what you do with him I, I think other than you know trying to blitz the heck out of him and, and make him give it up yeah. Uh, which, you know, that's. You got that's, the shooters, yeah. Yeah. If you can if you make the shots around them, then you, you got all the, seemingly all the answers to the to the equation. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I know that some are commenting here, you know, maybe the point guard is, is Nico and, and how long he's going to be out. Uh, I'm reading between the lines. That does not sound like it's going to recover quickly. I don't know. No, I, I personally, I, I'd probably guess and say probably wouldn't at least be till January if I, if I were to guess it. Um, I don't know that for sure, but even then, like, understand, I, I, I you got to count, like, I, I am con- encouraged by what he showed, but he did it against Valparaiso and Southern, so, like, understand that, too. And, and you are better, yes. you are better with Ty Rogers on the court. Like, I, I understand the offensive stuff, and maybe you can bring in Nico if you're struggling offensively, but don't overlook what Ty Rogers is doing defensively and what he does on the glass. Right, and right, right. Like I, I know he had a bad first half handling the ball, and the second half was pretty dang good for him. So you're still much better with him there. It's just you don't have the perf- you don't have a great option there, and I, I don't think Nico is that great option. I think I cut you off, but I think that's what you're getting to there. Yes, and will Dre Gibbs Lawhorn be someone that does he factor his way into the mix? He didn't play tonight. Um, he's had been talked about in the, in the preseason of being a point guard option. I know similar to, you know, Jaden Epps, probably more wired to score than he is to facilitate. Uh, I don't know that this was a good opportunity to kind of put him in that press and have him make good decisions. He probably would have turned it over. Um, but I, I wonder if that's something they try to just in practice, give him opportunities to grow with, because maybe if it clicks down the road, it could be someone that gives you some, some opportunities there um, or or maybe they'll just keep him as more of a combo off the ball guy that only focus on scoring and playing hard defensively let's not overcomplicate it yeah and I think Harmon played well so he didn't play tonight um, and they didn't need offense really um, right. th- during this game so I just don't think it was the game to, to put him in. Now, if they get down to FAU, then, then maybe you try and bring him as a spark off the bench. Speaking of FAU, before we get out of here, Derek, you're staying out there. Jimmy V Classic for a second straight year. Ford Atlantic has been playing really well until tonight. They're currently losing at home to College of Charleston. They're kind of coming back, though, 51-50 to at the moment right now at the beginning of the second half. So they lost to Bryant early in the season. But this is a Final Four team last year, won 30-plus games last year, return 
basically everybody but what their fifth or sixth leading scorer from last year. Really good guards. Uh, they got a, a big who's pretty good too. What yep. do you think of this matchup heading into Tuesday? It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I think this one was really Illinois' offense uh, against you know the Rutgers' defense. And I, I still think that obviously Illinois' offense and its consistency and getting what they want and having a flow and having enough guys help Shannon is obviously going to always be a key against a good team. But uh, I think this is going to really test Illinois defensively because of how much firepower they have. You know, they, they scored like in the 50s against Bryant and go to the ESPN Invitational and put up 90 or 90 plus uh, on an average and beat a, a pretty good Texas A&M, A&M team. And, and they had six guys scoring double figures in that game, let alone, you know, Davis and, and Martin had 51 of their own. So, uh, those guys are, are even proven, obviously, against, you know, some big teams in the NCAA tournament. And, and I think that on the whole, the thing that I learned about FAU in the tournament last year is they can win playing a couple of different ways. You know, they, they got in a, a scoring match with Marquise Noel and and uh, Johnson. From, uh, Kansas State. Yeah, from Kansas State. And then, you know, they played a, a rock'em, sock'em, uh, just kind of a, a rock fight against Tennessee and just – we're able to, to be physical in the glass and hang with them too. So uh, that's a that's a really good team. They've got some balance. Uh, like you mentioned, uh, Vlad Golden down low is a, a guy that has some skill, has some uh, good defensive ability. So I, I think they're a, maybe they're caught in a sleepy spot tonight uh, or whatnot. But yeah, I mean they they slipped against Bryant. I I think Illinois is certainly capable of getting it done. I I'm just excited to see it play out and yeah. uh, love the idea of. Terrence and Ty going up against those guys defensively and uh, Illinois trying to, to hang with them in terms of what they can do offensively, but also maybe you know, Illinois further showing, you know, their, how good they are defensively. If you shut down FAU or make life really, really difficult, then that only furthers the case of Illinois being one of the best defenses out there. As for this win tonight, Derek, it starts off this tough December stretch on a on a good foot. You're not going to go over, right? Like that's that's really important. And tonight, don't know what it'll be at the end of the season, but right. could be a quad one win. It, it, road wins, as Brad Underwood said, like multiple times tonight, are like gold because if it's a top 75 team, that's a quad one win. So I think Rutgers has a chance to be that. They they got to win more games and, and do well in the Big Ten, but. If you win against Ford Atlantic that in a neutral, that's most likely a quad one win. If you win at Tennessee, that's certainly a quad one win. So they didn't have a lot of opportunities in the Big Ten last year, just the way the schedule went. They didn't play well on the road. So to get an early road win is, is really encouraging for this team. 100%. Yeah, you got to be a Rutgers fan now going throughout the rest of the season or at least have them have a, have a decent track through the Big Ten. I mean, I don't know. I, I could see it being a situation where, you know, they were picked by a number of people, I think even on our ballot that we did, you know, are they a Wednesday team in the Big Ten tournament? Uh, kind of in that range. Um, offensively, they're going to struggle. They don't have a lot around Cliff. So uh, I, you'd hope that this isn't going to be like a, a win at Wisconsin was last year and just as time goes on. It's yeah, this could kinda, be this could be the one that's like flipping back and forth in the final week or two. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, hammering them like you did, I mean, that – as far as the resume goes, yes, the quad one, quad two could be something that uh, obviously you have to watch all the way until March. But just I think in terms of a, a really good win at this place by that many points, obviously, is, is something that's impressive. But, uh, yeah, and, and uh, getting off to a one on start in the Big Ten is, is certainly 
a big deal. You know, you're going to open it back up North, Northwestern at home at Purdue, your first two in January, and then Michigan State comes to town, I think. I think that's how it stacks mm-hmm. up. Like, that's not necessarily easy. So uh, getting one early is, is a big deal. And, and then also making sure you, you know, the worst case is, is a race of, of going 0-4 in the, yeah. the marquees within your first two months. If you were to obviously lose Marquette, this one, uh, Florida, Florida Atlantic, and Tennessee. Now you can start to be – be on the optimistic side. Maybe Illinois beats Florida Atlantic and goes into Tennessee with a chance to, to go three and zero. So uh, we can have a little bit of fun here in the next couple of days thinking about that. Yeah, uh, you going anywhere? You going to see a show or anything in New York City? You know, it's funny. I, I told Andy Olson, who I'm with, is all excited about you know playing. Number one, it's going to rain a lot tomorrow, so I, I don't know what that's going to look yeah. like. But uh, he, he wants to get out and go places, which I probably should. But uh, as a as a dad who's a little tired, I, I told him. I might just sleep, you know, I'll sleep and then see what time it is. And I might catch up with you later, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, you're, you're, to- you're, total, you're total dad mode. I love it. Now. I yeah, you get on the road and you're just like, I could go to downtown Manhattan by all those people. Where I can just sit in silence by myself. Yeah. Maybe drink a couple beers and watch football. I mean, I do that at home a lot, but you know, no responsibility. Uh, I get it. Yeah. Uh, Yankee stadium is the one thing I didn't do last year when I was here that I wish I did. So I think trying to get over there at some point, whether it's tomorrow or Monday, is, is going to be on the agenda. Uh, 9-11 Memorial, we tried to go last year, uh, but it was closed on Tuesdays because that's when it happened. Um, but, yeah, I would definitely definitely go there uh, if you and Andy get the chance because that's um, just really, really powerful. So, Derek, safe travels. Thanks for hopping on with us. We're looking forward to your content uh, from New Jersey and New York. Uh, thanks, as always, my man. Have a good night. I appreciate it. Good talking. And, uh, yeah, let's do it again on Tuesday. All right, everybody, thank you for tuning in on the live YouTube. Give us a like on the way out. Subscribe. Hit the notifications bell as well. Thanks to all our podcast listeners as well. I just caught up with Clay Patterson, the new commit for Illinois football transfer from Yale. I'll have that up on the site here in a little bit as well. So we've got plenty coming at Illini Inquirer. Everybody have a great night. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. Bye, everybody. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.